Did you know that Ahn and three of our high schoolers just this past weekend went on retreat together? And so we thought another cool way of, of celebrating the high schoolers is just kind of getting them up there, a couple of the high schoolers up here, and having them articulate in front of you guys what they learned from this past retreat. So here is An. He's our youth director, in case you didn't know. And I was reminding An this morning that we hired him for more than his good looks. And, and here he is. But the look, good looks are a plus. So can we get um, Tyler and Garrett come up here too? And An's going to interview them and find out uh, how they grew, what their God story is from this weekend. So here goes. And Matt, and Matt too. And Matt Hatai. Hello. So we got Tyler, we got Garrett, we got Matthew Hatai. Does everyone know what today is? It's May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Oh, you, okay. No one's laughing. Okay, the reason why I'm just like this is not because of the Jonas Brothers, because I have a wedding afterwards, Okay. Come here, boys. <laughs> okay. So uh, this past weekend, we were in Brentwood, and we were at a conference called Thrive uh, by Planet Wisdom. And Matt Murdoch was uh, one of the key speakers. He's from uh, Youth Specialties. And I had a large group of three high school boys that came out to our retreat. And uh, the question we had for them today was, um, what was, how was the Holy Spirit working with you guys this past weekend? And what did you guys you know, learn or get out of it. And uh, the first person is, I'll give it to Ty. Um, oh, so um, one of the things that um, this retreat showed me was how we have many distractions in our lives. One of the main things that they shared was um, our technology. It's mostly running our lives Almost everybody has, like, an iPhone or a computer at home. Everyone has an email or Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. And um, if you think about it, we don't really need these things. And so, um, and then you think about how many people in the world don't have these. And... um, so what did you do about it? So, so there was a, a table. So there was, they, they, there was a table, and it had many envelopes in them. And it was the table from Compassion. Have any of you heard of that? I think you should have. <laughs> but um, we ended up, me and Garrett are sponsoring um, a Compassion child. Um, Vanessa here, she's four years old. She lives in Guatemala. And we sent in an envelope with 40 bucks. It's 38 bucks a, a month, but we didn't have any change for 38 exactly. <laughs> so we ended up putting in 220s. And um, we're just, all we're doing is waiting for the news to reach her and then come back to reach us. And then we start sending mail to her. And um, it's going to support her and her family, which is her mom and dad, who are both labor workers there. So they're working all the time. And she is one of four, I believe. So we're hoping that this would really help her and change her life. And Garrett, so what did you, so this is what I learned. Uh, Garrett, what did you learn over this weekend? <laughs> I think you weren't even supposed to be at this retreat, actually. Yeah. Um, what on means is that um, I was meant to, I meant to go to the retreat for a right reasons, but I went for 
a, a wrong reason. Um, so during the retreat, they discussed about things that hinder us with hinder our relationship with God, and they had a whole bunch. Of, and um, on in the pamphlet, they had a whole bunch of uh, reasons why um, uh, for some people hinder their relationship. So it'd be like, for example, some uh, some things on there would be um, uh, stealing and stuff. For me, it was um, lying. I lied. I lied to my mom to get to the retreat, and um, the Holy Spirit revealed that I should, you know, tell the truth more instead of, you know, lying to get what I want. Not a joke. He, he almost got sent home on Friday night yeah. directly. And Matthew, what did you learn over this weekend, too? Um, I learned, um, well, I didn't really learn anything, but... Um, the Holy Spirit really, like, helped me, like, to get a better friendship with them, and, yeah, but I didn't stay up as late as them. <laughs> I was the first one to go sleep. <laughs> we, were at Matthew, we were at Matthew's house. So, these are some of the things that the Holy Spirit was working this weekend, and uh, it was an amazing time. And uh, let's give him a hand for sharing. All right, would you uh, stand with me? I'm going to pray for the high schoolers and for our time together. Let's pray. Lord, we know that our young people are at a very formative age. And so I pray that you would continue to do a mighty work in this next generation and that you would be preparing their hearts and minds for Jesus. And they would be people who are so excited that they have Jesus. Please continue your awesome work in them and please continue to work through on as well. And would you also be working here and now as we open your scriptures, as we learn more and more what it means to walk with you. We um, take one ear towards the message, and then we take one ear towards the Holy Spirit, and we listen to him and his voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Last week, Pastor Calvin was up here introducing a new series, and the new series is called Tell Your Story. And the big idea behind the series is that each one of us has a God story to tell. And in the space of 90 seconds, you should be able to tell that story. And telling that story is one of the strongest ways you can encourage another person. Whether that person is a Christ follower or whether that person is not. And when we talk about God stories, it's not just the story of how you first encountered God, and people normally call that your testimony. But it's broader than that. It's the story of what God has been doing in your life and how you've seen God moving in your life like last month or last week or just the other day. Now, can I ask you guys a question? Do you know certain Christians who always seem to have a God story? You know what I'm talking about? They're really excited about something that God's been doing in their life. Like, last month or last week, they're like, I gotta tell you what God said. Or this amazing thing that God did. And, and I guess you could say there's other Christians, 
And you would ask them, hey, can you tell me that something God has been doing in your life recently? And they're drawing a blank, you know, and maybe after a little while ago, well, back in 1982, you know, or something like that, right? Now, I just want you to think about this. Uh, if you were to ask me, hey, Pastor Andrew, how are you doing in your relationship with Reina? And I'm like, okay, the last meaningful interaction I had with Reina was in 1982, right? Uh, was, by the way, I was, when I was seven years old. But, but you would think there's something wrong with my marriage, right? Well, it shouldn't be much different in our relationship with God. It's meant to be exciting. It's meant to be an ongoing dialogue. I mean, you're in relationship with the king of the universe. And he's, he's whispering into our ears. It, it should be dynamic. It should be exciting. Uh, before my eldest son was born, Raina kind of put me in charge of decorating the nursery, okay? Now I, so what I did is I let my inner artist come out, okay? And so what I did is I drew a couple paintings. And the idea behind the paintings, I wanted to communicate something about God. Something about the Christian life, okay? And so this is what I drew. I'm going to just kind of walk up and down the aisle so you can get a better look at this because it's such an amazing work of art, as you can see. Um, Now, I want you guys to look at this kid's face, okay? Does this kid look like he's bored? Does this kid look like he's uninspired? Or does this kid look like he's having the time of his life? And what I wanted to convey to my son is that that's what life should be like. We're close with Jesus. I mean, look how close they are. And he's whispering into our ears and we're having the time of our lives. It's exciting. There's this dialogue. It's dynamic. Now, I I want you to look at this kid and his joy in the kind of life he's living with Jesus. And I just want to ask you, does that describe your life? Because I do think that we were made for this kind of life. And what I'd like to do this morning is to talk about not just how do you come up with a God story, but how do you live the kind of life with God, with Jesus, where God's stories are happening every day, every week, every month. Because life is too short for us not to have that kind of life. So let's turn to James chapter 2. James Chapter 2, starting in verse 14. Don't have much time, so we're going to go through this quickly. What good is it, my brothers and, and sisters, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things that are needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is, what's, what's the next word? Dead, that's a pretty strong word, it's dead. So let me repeat that. Faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. In other words, faith and works go hand in hand. The latter culminates. It fulfills the former. Action is the natural completion, the natural response of faith. 
And according to this passage, if you just have faith and if you just have knowledge, but you do not put it into action, James says that kind of faith is dead. That kind of life is boring. That kind of life is not worth talking about. That kind of life does not inspire. But the opposite of dead is alive, exciting, adventure. And according to James, it's when faith goes hand in hand with action and the working in tandem with each other that you come alive. Can it be possible that if today your relationship with God is not very inspiring, actually kind of a little bit boring, can it be possible it's because your faith is missing action? Let me ask you guys, because uh, you guys are all here, you come to church, which is great. What part of church on Sunday morning would you say adds value to your spiritual growth the most okay now i don't want any out loud answers (laughs) i just want you to think about it to yourself and answer that question by yourself some of you would say uh, it's the worship some of you say it's the message now i've been thinking about this question okay what part of the sunday service adds the greatest value to our spiritual growth and the more i think about this question and this text i think It's the car ride home. Think about that. It's the car ride home. Now, during the car ride home, most of you would ride with your spouse, or some of you would ride with your roommates, or some of you ride alone, and you feel like, oh, this doesn't apply. But but I think it does apply. Because it's during the car ride home where you kind of turn to the person next to you, you go, what do you think of the message? Now, now let me just say, when you do that, that's the right direction. But so easily, we fall onto the wrong road in the right direction. Because sometimes it becomes, what do you think of the message? And then you go, oh, I think, you know, Pastor Andrew is pretty good today. I give him like a B plus. Okay. Right direction, wrong road. Okay. I I think the, the wise person goes, okay, how do we apply what was taught? What are we going to do with what, just, what we just heard? And how is this going to make a difference on Monday morning? Because according to James, faith and knowledge accompanied by action equals I'm coming alive. I got these God stories. But if it's not put to use, well, according to James, it's dead. That's where I, I love what Tyler and Garrett were sharing. You know, it's like we're, we're supporting this kid. You know, we, we heard about heart compassion. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to apply it. We're going we're to put some money towards it. We're going to care about this. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do something about it. Uh, a good friend of mine who, who goes to our church, and she was reading this passage in James, and she's been hearing our messages about developing heart compassion. And she said, you know, she said to me, I, I'm sick of hearing about heart compassion and not doing anything about it. She reached this point where she's like, I'm sick of hearing and hearing and hearing and not doing. So she goes, you know what I'm going to do? Every time I pass by a homeless person, I'm going to give a buck. I'm going to give them a dollar bill. Now, I know that most of them, most of the time, will use that money for drugs or alcohol, probably. But... My responsibility is to provide. Their responsibility is what they do with it. Now, 
you know, I, I think that's the, the, some, a legitimate way to, to think about it. And it's an honorable way to think. So, so she's been doing this for several months. Every time she passes a home, she gives them a buck. And this is what she told me. She said, well, you know, at first, you know, like before I was doing this, I would drive by the same homeless person every day. You know, you stop, you know, and you're waiting for the light and you look at them and you, you, you always want to avoid eye contact. You guys know that feeling? You always want to avoid eye contact because once you look at them, they look at you and then you feel guilty. And so she was like, I always try to avoid them. And then when you avoid them, you, you feel resentment. You know, why, why are they there making me feel guilty, right? And so she said, once I made this commitment to give them a buck, what I, what I started doing is I started to look at them and smile. And then she goes, and now I'm actually looking for them. So I'm looking forward to seeing them so I can give them a dollar. Now, check this out. The God story develops. She goes, now, my, my girl, she's seen me do this, and she's really into it, too. She's like, Mommy, when you give a dollar, can I give, like, can I break open my piggy bank and give 10 cents? Like, yeah, you can do that. So now, when they're at the stop sign, they're looking for the homeless guy together. And if the homeless guy's not there, they're both disappointed. Like, oh, where's the homeless guy? I want to see the homeless guy. Where is he? Because I want to give him a dollar. That's a God story. Well, how'd that come about? Well, according to James, it's when faith and action go hand in hand. Then he got something exciting to talk about. Without that, it's dead. So let me do a little bit of a self-reflection with you guys right now, okay? What, I, what I'd like you to do, by the way, a disclaimer. I need to say this, so please hear me this, on this clearly. I'm not talking about salvation. Please don't get me wrong. We're not saved by works. We're saved by grace. So what I'm talking about is how we walk in that grace and accepting God's invitation to walk in that grace and saying yes when God calls us to follow. Now, what I'd like for each of you guys to do is have a little bit of self-reflection time. I'm going to ask each of you, if you look in your bulletin, there's a little, you know, outline. I want each of you to draw a caricature of yourself. Get out a pen, get out a pencil. And I want you to be prepared to share this caricature of yourself. And in this caricature of yourself, your head or the size of your head equals knowledge, okay? Your heart, the size of your heart equals love. And the size of your hands and feet equals action or works. Now, the question is, what's the balance of these three aspects in your life and in your faith? That's the question. What's the balance of these three in your life and in your faith? And what I want you to do is draw a caricature of yourself. I want you to keep in mind that whatever you draw is not concrete, By God's grace, tomorrow, it may and will change. But let's just talk about the balance of these three aspects in your life and faith today. And so, for example, I did a little pre-work. Some of my artistry is here on display. This is how I would draw me. Look look at that. It's pretty good, huh? Okay, so so here's me. I would say... uh, I think I, you know, I'm not trying to, well, okay. I have a, somewhat of a big head. I, I think I have a pretty good-sized heart. But in all honesty, I think my hands and my feet are a little bit on the smaller side in proportion to my head and my heart. Now, what I probably would do is explain that in a couple sentences uh, if I were sharing with you. But, you know, uh, I would do that maybe one-on-one. And, um, but what I want you to do right now in the next 40 seconds is I want you to draw a caricature of yourself, head, heart, hands, and feet, 
And what is the balance of these three, three in your life? Go ahead and draw. Just let your little artist come out. And I'll give you 40 seconds to do that. Go ahead and do that. Okay, um, as I was saying, we are a church of different ages, and we want to celebrate that. And so what I'd like each of you to do is to, can we all just get up? Can we just stand up? What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to find someone in a different life stage than your own. Okay, so a young person with an older person. This might be a little bit controversial, like what you're calling me old. A married person with an unmarried person. An older, oh, I'm sorry, a a, a parent with older kids with a parent with younger kids. You get the idea. So that's mix. And I'm going to give you three minutes, one minute to find somebody. The second minute for one person to share. The third minute for the other person to share. And then I'm going to take us back. Okay, let's go. Let's do it. Okay, if I can grab your attention again. Good sharing, guys. So, to review, a great way to have value added to your spiritual growth. You're on the car ride home. Maybe you're riding with a roommate. You turn to them, you go, so what did your caricature of yourself look like? And then, you know, they, they show you the fat head or something like that, or, you know, the really small heart or something like that. And then, and then you say, well, what are we going to do by, with God's grace to change that? That's great conversation right there. Fantastic conversation. Smart conversation. But remember the, uh, the point, uh, which is that we can live these exciting lives with God when we actually put our faith into action. And so, you know, how do we get these God stories? How do we live this kind of exciting life? Well, the first thing is obey. Put it into action. Okay, that's, that's number one. Okay, really easier. Number one. The second piece of instruction on how you get a God story, how you live this kind of life, is listen to the Spirit. Uh, if the first key word is action, then the second key word is listen. Okay, uh, uh, John 14, starting in verse 15. These are the words of Jesus. Jesus says this, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. The NIV says another counselor, helper, to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. 
I want you guys to pay attention to the sequence that's right here in this text. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands and I will ask the Father. I wanted to do it visually, hopefully so that you'll never forget this sequence. Now, Jesus starts with, if you love me. But if you look at the whole counsel of scripture and you ask the question, where does love for God, where is that born? What you do get is that God loves us first. We love God because he first loved us, right? We love Jesus because he first came and died for us on the cross for our sins. So where does love for God come from? Well, it's because he first loved us and his love came down. So what I'm going to do to signify his love coming down is I'm just going to draw an arrow that's downward, okay? This, this signifies God loving us, sending Jesus down. God's love came down, okay? And then and then, so how do we respond when such an amazing, extravagant love for us is given? Well, what we do is we love Jesus back. And that's the arrow going back upward. Okay? We love Jesus back. Now, this is a scriptural starting point, and that's where Jesus kind of picks up. He goes, if you love me, then what do we do? You will keep my commands. You will obey me. Okay, now I just want to be clear in this because people will ask questions. What commands are you talking about? Now, in John 14, 13, 15, um, the command to love one another keeps on getting repeated. So certainly from these chapters, the commands that come with a punch is love one another as Jesus has loved us. But if I look at the whole scripture, it's more than that. It's loving God. It's loving other people. It's sharing the gospel. That's the Great Commission. You're like, oh, that sounds a lot like our mission statement. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we, we didn't want to go wrong with our mission statement as a church. So we chose to combine the, the greatest commandment with the great commission, which is to make disciples of Jesus Christ that love God, love other people, and serve the world. So when you're walking in that, in, and you make those your priorities, you know you're obeying his commands. Okay, so Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Okay, so that's another thing going upwards. We're obeying his commands. So again, to review, God loves us with an incredible, extravagant, over-the-top love. He sacrifices his own son out of love for us. And, and we respond by saying, well, if you love us that much, then we love you back. And so the way that we love you back is we obey your commands. And then what comes next? When you know how much God loves you and you're like, I will love you back by obeying you. Then Jesus says, I will ask of the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Okay, this is the Holy Spirit. So to review, God loves us. We love him back. We obey his commands. He gives us the Holy Spirit. In short, the Holy Spirit is given to people who are trying to obey God's commands. And they've made it their priority in life to obey him. And God sees this and he goes, you know, you really could use some help, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, actually, if you're trying to obey God's commands, you, you naturally come to this place where it's like, help me, God, you know? Because <laughs> you realize you're falling short. Realize you can't do it without his help. And so you rely on him. And when you rely on him, he gives help. And what form of help does it come in? It comes in the form of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, he gives us. And often the way that the Holy Spirit 
counsels us, because that's what a counselor does, is he whispers into our heart's ear. And so we need to be attentive. Because sometimes, most of the times, he just speaks with a gentle whisper. And if you're not paying attention, So we need to live our lives every day with one ear towards earth and everything that's happening and one ear towards heaven. We need to live our lives knowing that God is going to whisper to us and offer guidance and encouragement through the Holy Spirit. What does a helper do? Well, a helper helps. What what does a counselor do? Well, a counselor offers counsel. So we have to be vigilantly aware and attentive to the promptings and the whispers of the Holy Spirit. I wanted to invite Aubrey uh, to give us an example of how this happened in his life recently. I, you know, I actually I have a really cool story from Taiwan, but I think we only have time to share one story. I'd rather share Aubrey's story. Um, and so uh, be encouraged by this. But here's Aubrey. Let's give him a hand. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll wing it, okay? It's a bit out of place. And then I have like five minutes. Okay. Um, I would say, I, for me, it's, it's, it's with friends, family, and strange, strangers out there. I think I have a, a God story to tell out there. However, when I speak to a friend and... I want to take it to the next level where I like to ask them who they accept with Christ in their lives. And that's really, t- that is hard. I just find it very hard. Because I have a fear of rejection. And also, I don't want to put a friend on the spot. And nor do I want to be questioned about my faith out there. Anyway, let me tell you something that happened to me. Uh, I have an aunt in San Francisco who doesn't want to know Christ, doesn't want to be a Christian. And, um, and, and the generation, the younger generation, that's us, we are all Christians. So she, she's not unfamiliar what a Christian, a Christian walk in life is. <clears throat> um, whenever we see it, it's usually in a noisy, busy environment. So it's hard to talk like... Uh, Something in depth. So it was usually, you know, house things. You know, this is what I did. This is my 90 minutes uh, God story. But nothing happened. And one day she just happened to say, um, you know, her computer isn't working. And I said, well, I could look into it. And that thing I had, it was terrible. That machine was really gone. So it took a few visits to, to work on it. And... I had a lot of, during those occasions, I had a lot of one-on-one, you know, time with her. And I could go into some of the, you know, the deeper level of Christianity. And, um, and then I tried to, like, slip in about what 
a miracle is and how do you go to heaven. And um, I, I would do things like pray for when I leave or say grace. Or um, sometimes I would just add things to the computer like BibleGateway.com, you know. I put in the favorites, you know, and then I show a look. You can get it in Chinese, you know, just click it. Or you hit the button and you press the audio and it speaks. It just says it to you. Um, she's disabled on a wheelchair. And, um, and, and she has a lot of problems where mo- uh, she's less and less mobile. Um, so, so it's hard to like, get her to what, how to press and what to do on the computer. But every time I would interject something about the faith. And uh, something happened. Now, I don't know what. And I think it's the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Because one day I was leaving and I said to her, I just turned to her and I said, uh, don't you want to accept Jesus in your life? And she said, yes. And now, what do I do? Okay. <laughs> I mean, my, my sisters are all evangelists. They know what to do. They led so many people to Christ. But what do I do? I don't know. I don't even have a rehearsed, prepared sinner's prayer. Actually, I don't like the sinner's prayer. I would rather call it like, they call it like the Lord's Prayer. How about the Lord's favorite prayer? Um, so, so I have some idea, just from my sister, I have some idea of what to say. So I ask her to acknowledge that she's a sinner, that God loves her so much that he was prepared to send his son to die on a cross. <clears throat> Sorry, I should have had some water. And... Um, and, and that she just has to accept Christ, ask for forgiveness, and change her life. Have a new, you know, a reborn, born-again Christian. And so I led her through the prayer. And, um, and it, it's, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit can just lead you. Because I don't remember what I prayed. Nothing. But I know I covered those areas. <laughs> so uh, after that, I called my relatives and I said, wow happened you know she accepted Christ and so they they are also Christians because the younger generations are Christians and she you know all my relatives would call her encourage her and uh, pray with her and um, you know just just like disciple her you know and um, it's it's a tough thing to be a new believer you know they need they need a lot of encouragement because Satan is there. Satan just wants to add sowing uh, doubt. Um, she belongs now belongs to the church, but there's still a long way to go. So what I what I would say that I take away from this year is that you should pray if you want to do that. Pray, uh, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, and you never know what will happen. There could be a non-believer out there that's just waiting for you to ask them. Thanks. Oh, look, Aubrey's notes. <clears throat> I am, I am. It's good stuff. Actually, there's, there's one part that I, I wanted to reiterate. I was talking to Aubrey about this, and Aubrey was saying, listen, my sisters are evangelists. 
And there have been a lot of people that have come to Christ through their ministry. And so it's always like them, but I never really thought that God would use me. That, that's what he was telling me on the phone. And look at what happens when a person says, I'm going to obey God. I don't love other people, and I want to share Jesus with them. And I'm going to listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Look what God can do. Next week, it's, it's you up here sharing, okay? Let's all stand. I'm going to close this in prayer. Father, I thank you that you have not called us to a boring life. I thank you you have not called us to an uninspiring life. But when the king of the universe is whispering over our shoulder and we are relying on his power, anything can happen. Wow. Thank you that you've called us to that kind of life. Thank you that that kind of life is invading our church. And you are doing a great thing. We love you, God. We want to obey you. And we want to listen to your Holy Spirit. And in your name we pray. Amen.